This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. A lot of girls sent in questions, and I'm not really going in order of importance. Um, I'm just picking out some that I that I think, um, I, I mean, pretty much going in a row, but some of them are double double questions. Some people sent in, and I, I feel like those are very important because more than one girl sent in the question. We're going to start with question number one. What is your opinion on teenagers watching non-Jewish films? Is it okay to listen to non-Jewish music? If it is okay, why? If it's not okay, why? Okay. So let's take music. Um, uh, we'll take both of them. First, first question is non-Jewish film. So you need to know everyone that's listening, that in, in, in the Zohar and many other places, it talks about a person's eyes, right? Um, person's eyes are the window to your soul. I'll tell you a little, little Kabbalistic thought. The way Hashem created the human being from your, from your neck up, it's called Shemayim. Your head is called Shemayim. From your shoulders down, is called Aretz. What's the difference between Shemayim and Aretz? Aretz in the Torah, when things grew, says, Tache Desha Hasada. The land gave forth um, vegetation. So Aretz gives out. Shemayim takes in. So your head, your eyes, everything that's in your, on your head, it's all called Shemayim. The highest part of your senses, um, a person has five senses. You have smell and taste and see and hear and feel. The highest sense is your eyes. Your eyes, if you see my eyes, it's a little bit above the hole in my ear. So my eyes are higher than my ear, which is higher than my nose which is higher than my mouth, which is higher than my hands. So the highest part of Shemayim is your eyes. Your eyes take in. You see things, right? And those things go in, and they go into your eye, they go straight to your soul. And they are called the windows in Kabbalah. They're called the windows of your soul. And... That's why we have something called Shmir Sinayim. You have to be very careful what you look at. Um, and therefore, if you're watching a non-Jewish movie, first of all, um, it's usually not something that's very clean or for a Jewish girl or boy to watch. And whatever you see there, love story, whatever you see there, go straight to your soul. And... I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give you a beautiful, a beautiful story. I, I have so many questions, and I know that we're only probably going to answer four or five, but I'll, I'll do my best. Um, I'll tell you a story. There was a young couple. They just got married, and they had an apartment, top floor of a house, and they were facing an apartment building. Now, in the old days, they didn't have dryers. Most people didn't have dryers. Your mother puts, you know, she puts in the washing machine and then she puts the clothing in the dryer. Most of us didn't have dryers. So they used to take their clothing wet and they used to have clotheslines across from one, from one house to the other. And they would have these little clothesline pins and they would hang the clothing up in the sun for it to dry. That's how you dried your clothing. So these two, they got married. They're now in their apartment. And they're looking across at the apartment building and they see something very unusual. They see that somebody is hanging up their linens um, and some white shirts. The problem is they're not white. They're dirty. They look very dirty. Like so weird. Why would someone, there's a saying in American, don't hang your dirty laundry out for others. It's the same. Don't, 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 don't like walk around sad and, 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 and upset, everything. Don't, don't hang out your dirty laundry for others. It's your own thing. 
but they were the, the, the laundry was dirty, and these two are looking at this and like, why would a lady hang up dirty laundry? All right, maybe she's maybe she didn't see it. I don't know. Whatever. The next morning they have breakfast again. Linens, white towels, underwear, dirty. Wow, it's so weird. Why would they do that? And they said, you know what? Maybe she doesn't have money to buy detergent and bleach. We have money from the wedding. Let's share it with her. Okay. They go, they buy a box of bleach, and a, 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 a bottle of bleach, and a box of Tide, a box of, uh, of detergent, and they, they knock on the lady's door. She opens the door. Hi, how can I help you? They don't want to insult her. So they're like, um, maybe you ran out of bleach, and maybe you ran out of detergent. Uh, we just wanted to give this to you as a present. She says, you look like a very nice boy and girl, but I got plenty of bleach. And I got plenty of detergent. I don't know what makes you think I don't. They didn't want to insult her. They didn't say anything. They're like, okay, figuring that the next day, now she got her bleach and she got her detergent. The next day, the laundry is going to be clean. So the next morning, they sit down to breakfast. And once again, she's hanging out her garments and she's hanging out her sheets and everything is dirty. And they're like, this is like so not, like, what's wrong with her? She told us she has, okay. What are you going to do? She's a Michigan lady. She likes to hang out dirty laundry. What are you going to do? Anyway, that day, it was, they were already married like a week. It was, uh, it was a week after they got married, and the maid came to help clean the house. And the maid came, and she cleaned the house, the windows, the floor, everything. Okay. Next morning, Come to breakfast. Ooh. The sheets are clean. The towels are white. Finally, the lady got it in her head to use detergent. And all of a sudden, the girl tells her husband, you know what? I don't think it was her. I think it was our windows. The maid came yesterday and cleaned the windows. Now, everything is clean and white. But if the windows are dirty, then whatever you see is dirty. So Shmir is saying, Nayim, is if the windows are dirty, then all the Tyra and all the stuff, you, good stuff that you see, right, it's, it's tinted because the windows are dirty. It doesn't come into the Neshama clean and clear. And that's why a person has to have Shmir is Nayim, and therefore not to be watching movies outside of the waste of time. I once gave a shear in, in seminary. I told the girls that movies are a raya, a proof to Tchias HaMesim. So what? What does movies have to do with Tchias HaMesim? I said, you go to a movie theater, you go to a movie theater, and you watch a movie, and at the end of the movie, the actress who's playing whatever she's playing, Michelle, whatever her name is, she's never dying of cancer in her husband's arms. And all the girls are crying in the movie. It's so sad. He's not going to have her anymore. And the movie ends. And all the girls watching the movie, they're blowing their noses. And they're, they're wiping their eyes with their tissues. Such a sad movie. They call it a crier. Girls like crying movies. Such a sad movie. Right? You wasted your tears on, on a movie that isn't even true. And then they, 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 they walk out of the movie. And it's one of these cineplexes. Cineplex in America. They have six different movies playing at one time. They walk out of the movie. And they see this, this actress that just died. Right? She's in the next movie, Superwoman, flying around. One second, how can that be? I just cried, she died in the movie. How can that be that now she's Superwoman? And the answer is, the whole thing's fake. Kiss amazing. she's in that movie. She dies and she's in that movie. They blow her up. Two weeks later, she's in another movie. What's going on? How could she live so many lives? And the answer is, she never died. The whole thing is false. How do, you, how do you ruin a movie for everyone else? You turn the light on. You turn the light on in the movie theater, nobody can see the movie anymore. 
In the dark. The sucker sells you in the dark. Ooh, you got to waste your time. You got to watch this. But it's not true. The whole thing's not true. I want to ask all the girls that are watching and the girls that ask me this question. I want to ask you a question. If you came up to the next world, they're 120, and they tell you, oh, we made a mistake. You have another hour. You're going to wake up wherever you are. They think you're dead. You're not. You're going to have another hour in the world. Spend it any way you want. I challenge all 82 girls that are watching right now. Not one of you would go to the movies. If you came back to this world, you had an hour left to live in this world, would you go to a movie? And the answer is no. Why? Because it's fake. If I got another chance in the world for an hour or two hours, why would I go to something that isn't real? It's just an actor and an actress. It's just a set. A set looks like a whole city. Meanwhile, it's not a whole city. It's just a painting in the back of a board. The whole thing is a fake. Why would you, you, you wouldn't spend that last hour there. A person has to think that every hour of their life is their last hour. So that's movies. What about music? That's a big one. It's a very big one. I want to tell you something. I'm a drummer. I'm a musician. And growing up many, 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 many years ago, I didn't understand my rabbeim who told me that I cannot listen to non-Jewish music, only listen to Jewish music. They had Pirchei. They didn't have no Shweki or any of these guys. And I wasn't really turned on to Jewish music. And I didn't understand how important it was. One year, this must be about 20 years ago, I was in Israel. They told me that there's a very big tzaddik that on Matzi Shabbos, he lights 126 candles, every candle for a different Kabbalistic reason, and that any boy that goes there that's single, that year he gets married. He makes a whole big love. Marka, I was already married, but, but there were other things that I needed and I wanted, so I said, I'm going to go. And I came. It was amazing. It was a teeny little apartment with all these candles. It was so hot. But he, he, I looked at him. I saw Mamish's face was radiant. I asked him if I could come tomorrow privately to talk to him. He said, yes. The next day I came, and he was sitting in his, in his living room, whatever living room, was a little teeny room, and he was learning Gemara, and behind him was a tape recorder with playing like Yeshiva Boys Choir. You know, not was Yeshiva Boys Choir because they didn't have that then, but like Pirche, like young kids singing. And he was learning at the same time it was on. So when I sat down to talk to him, he turned off the tape recorder. I didn't understand. Just the opposite. When you're learning, you shouldn't have anything disturbing you. So I asked him, why is the Rebbe, why is the Rav listening to music while he's learning? I never saw that before. So he said something fascinating, girls. He said to get to a high level of Kedusha, the highest level of Kedusha, you have to use music. Why? Because in the base Hamigdash, the Levian, Shevet Levi, had all of these different instruments. And when the Kohen brought the Karbanos, they had to be playing those instruments. He wasn't allowed to bring Karbanos. Why would, in the base of Migdash, where Hashem lives, the biggest Kedush in the world, why do we need to have a band? 150, 600 piece band. Have Hashem in the base of Migdash. The answer is, to get to the highest level of Kavana, of Kedusha, you have to have music. And I saw in Chavakuk brought down that all the Nevi'im, all the prophets, except for Moshe Rabbeinu, went into like a, uh, some kind of state. Uh, I don't even know what, what it is. A yoga, not yoga, but a meditation state. That's how they got the Nevi'ah. But they all had to have someone playing music in, in order to get to that meditation state. So music has crazy kedusha if it's coming from a, a Jewish person. Not only that, Purim is coming. 
And you all read the Megillah. And it talks about this amazing party that Achashverosh threw. Wine, if you were 55 years old, you got wine that was 55 years old. If you were 80, you got 80-year-old wine. Everything was gold. The plates were gold. It goes into the whole thing. There was purple wool, and there was silk, and there was gold, and there was whatever you wanted to eat and whatever you wanted to drink. One of the Mepharshim asked, how come it doesn't say anything about musical instruments or music? You go to a wedding, of course, who has a party without music? So they asked, if Akashverosh had everything, gold plates, gold cups, wine, your where is the music? Yeah, that's what they asked. Chazal asked, where is the music? It doesn't say anything to be given. There was no music. There was no music. Why would Akashverosh make a party without violins, without harps? What's going on here? No, you think of terrorists. And the terrorists, the answer is that even Akashverosh knew that if he plays music, the Jews are going to start to get very spiritual. Because Achashverosh would have played Jewish music. He was very careful not to make the Jews feel different. So the wine, it brings down, how could they drink the wine? It's Yayin Yasech, we're not allowed to drink wine from Goyim. No, he brought Jewish waiters to serve the Jews the wine. The food was kosher. So Mordechai was screaming, don't go to the party, and all the people said, what are you talking about? Jewish caterer, Jewish waiters. So why didn't Achashverosh hire Jewish musicians? And you know what Chazal said? Because he knew that as low as the Jews were, that they came to this party, and it wasn't a good, a nice party. It was full of terrible things. They, they would come to the party, he knew, but if I play Jewish music, they're going to get connected with their God, they're going to do tshuva, and we're not going to be able to destroy them. Girls, you hear? You hear what's going on here? He didn't have music by the party because he knew subconsciously the Jews would be listening to Jewish music. They're going to do tshuva. Achashverosh knew that, and most of you don't know that. Now, there's one more thing I have to tell you. I never saw it, but I was told. I never really looked, looked it up. That when Adam sinned, in Ganeiden, and Hashem threw him out of Ganeiden, right? Erev Shabbos, the first day he was created. Hashem said to him, You can take one thing out of Ganeiden with you. You, you. you don't have to leave empty handed. You can take one thing. And he said, The desire says, What did he take from Ganeiden? Music. There was music in Ganeiden, and he took that out of Ganeiden. And that's the music we have today. But, at the same time, whatever comes from the good side, there's stuff that comes from the dark side, which is from Gehenna. And Gehenna and Ganadin are right next to each other. The doors are right opposite each other, it says. So there's music from Ganadin that connects the soul to the most holy places. And there's music from Gehenna that, collects, that connects your soul to the lowest places. This is what this rabbi told me. I was amazed because I never heard that from anyone. So I decided that day, it must be 20 years at least, I am not listening to Goyish music anymore. Very hard for me. I was a drummer. I didn't like Jewish music. Um, it all sounded the same to me. So for me to give that up and just listen to Jewish music was very hard for me, but I did it. And I cannot tell you, girls, that the, the understanding of the deepness of the Torah of all the shirim that you hear me give, if I was listening to rock and roll or any other non-Jewish music, I would not have that siyad and I know that. My whole head, everything changed after I stopped listening to non-Jewish music. Because the music is very, very, very powerful. I don't remember. I'll give you girls, all you, all you girls that are listening, I'll give you homework. I'll give you homework. Why don't you make a bracha on music? On besamim, smell, you can make a bracha. Let's go through your five senses, right? On smell, you make a bracha. Eating, tasting, you make a bracha. On your eyes, if you see a rainbow, or you see thunder, or you see lightning, 
you make a bracha, or you see some kind of weird thing, there's a lot of things that a person can see, right? Um, blossoming trees in the spring, we make a bracha. So seeing makes a bracha. Hearing, shofar, megillah, make a bracha. So seeing and hearing, you make a bracha. Smelling, you make a bracha. Uh, eating, you make a bracha. Um, a, a, a man, when he does lehaniach tzillin, when he puts on tzillin on his hand, make a bracha. When you shake a lulav, you make a bracha. So all the five senses, you make a bracha. How come when you listen to music, because that's hanah, you enjoy it, how come you don't make a bracha? I don't remember the answer. Um, whoever knows the answer can send it to Hadassah Bariman, and she will send it to me. You can ask you tomorrow. You can look it up. Why do we not make a bracha on music? Well, we know that in the base of Mignosh, music had to be played. Now, let me tell you one more thing, girls, and then we'll go to the next question. That's why... <laughs> We can't go through 39, 49 questions. But anyway, I'll tell you something very beautiful. Last week's parasha. The women, Miriam, understood that get to the level to sing Shira with the women, she had to have musical instruments. Vatika Tof Biyada, she took a tambourine, they had some other instruments. And that's how they sang to Hashem. She understood, like the Kohen, to, to, to reach a high level to Hashem, you have to have music. She understood that. But the godless of her was that when they left Mitzrayim, the men did not take musical instruments. We see by Oz Yashir, as I said, they took out any musical instruments. They didn't take musical instruments. But the women, where did musical instruments come from? Which Miriam came out with all the women. They had all musical instruments, flutes, and tambourines, and, and, and harps, and what, what's going on? Everybody was taking money. And the answer is that Miriam understood, she had a big moon in Hashem, that at some point in their travels, they're going to have to thank Hashem. And how, how to thank Hashem has to be with music. So now, question number one. What is your opinion on teenagers watching non-Jewish films? My opinion is that you're dirtying, you're putting dust and mud on the window to your soul. So then you don't understand. I don't feel connected to Hashem. I don't feel connected to what I'm learning. Yeah, because your eyes are schmutzic. Now you're telling me, but I don't watch anything like rated like not, you know, I don't watch that stuff. I just watch movies 100%. That stuff for sure. You have mud on your eyes. Forget about it. But even movies, there's always a boy-girl in a movie. Even, I have to tell you something. Rav Pinkus, I don't know if you ever heard of Rav Pinkus. He wrote a lot of Svarim. And he gave a shear that I heard that blew me away. And he said, the things that you don't think have an effect, the real smart Yetzirah is the stuff that you don't realize has an effect on you. Because most of us are good people, and we would never watch a movie with a girl and a boy doing something together that they shouldn't be doing. None of us, none of you, 79 girls, and Robert Wallstein, or anyone else, has for Shalom, they, the Sultan came to me and said, I want you to watch a movie with a girl and a boy, and it's not Sneas, and who knows what they're doing. No, you, I'm, I'm Yeshiva boy. I'm, 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 I'm Yeshiva guy. I don't watch that stuff at Wallstein. What are you thinking? So the Sultan knew that. So this is what he said. I'm not saying this. Rav Shem Pinkus. So Rav Shem Pinkus said, he created, you're gonna, you're gonna, you, I was fascinated by this, by the way. And, and when you first hear it, you're going to be like, what? He created Disney. Disney movies. This is what Rav Shimshin said. What's, so he took a female lion, and he took, in The Lion King, right? He took a female lion, and he took a male lion, and they fell in love with each other. And then they're physically together, rolling, whatever they're doing. And you're a kid and you're watching. So in your subconscious, female, male, whatever they're doing, and they're in love with each other, to you, it's an animal, but it already broke down your senses. He said, there's no Disney movie, Aladdin, I, don't, I forgot the name of the movie, where in, in, the, in the, oh, the Mermaid, Little Mermaid, all this stuff that if you watch Disney, 
you, oh, my kids can watch Disney, right? He always has animals, fish, whatever it is. He always has a male, female. Always. It's not a Disney movie. That is not like a boy and a prince and a girl. Always a male and a female. But what he did is, you're not going to watch a movie of a male and a female rolling in the grass. So he took lions and he made lions roll in the grass. This is what Shimshin said. So subconsciously, he's replacing the human being with other things, but it's always male, female, and love, and a whole thing, and a whole scene. I said, wow. I mean, we know that Walt Disney was, a, was an anti-Semite. He, he helped the Germans. He wasn't a good guy. But I said, wow, that is crazy. He said, yeah, yeah. Kids who watch Walt Disney movies, they don't have a problem male, female, because in every movie, there's a male, female. And they're always in love with each other. And it's, 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 it's very interesting. And he also talked about something very, I was laughing when I heard this share. He said, let me tell you what else the, what else the Sutton did. He says, children who go to sleep. So I don't remember all the different stories that he broke down. But children who go to sleep, he says, so how, how does American people put their children to sleep? Right? So... He said one of the biggest stories is the three bears. I'm sure in England you know the story of the three bears. He said there are six to 12 lavin that Goldilocks is, is what's it called, is over. He says, first of all, you're not allowed to walk into someone's house if they're not home. Second of all, she was a goneth. She ate from three different bowls without permission. Fourth of all, she's a goddess. She slept in three different beds till she found the right bed. And he goes through this, but, but what's the lesson, girls, of the story? The lesson of the story is, this is too hot. That's not good. This is too cold. That's not good. No struggle. Oh, this is perfect. We don't, we, 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 we don't have a perfect life. And are you, what does that mean? You're going to taste this and you're that. So she's a spoiled brat. A little too hot, a little too cold, has to be perfect. He said, that's what's going into the kid's head. And oh, not only food, you sleep. Ma, my bed's too hard. Ma, my bed's too soft. Oh, perfect bed. He said, the subconscious of the story creates spoiled children. Plus, you don't have a right to go taste people's food or sleep in their beds. And Imanish went through, he said, how does a Jewish mother sit next to a little boy or a little girl and talk about the three pigs, right? The three pigs, the kid goes to sleep. You're not even supposed to think about or picture a pig, a chazer. said, one pig, built the house out of straw. Came the big bad wolf. He said, then you want to know why your kid has anxiety? Why today everybody has anxiety? So you put your kid to sleep when they were little. This big wolf, he blew the pig's house down. Then he came to the next pig and he ate him. And then he blew the next house down, and he ate him. Okay, the third house he couldn't blow down. He said, what are you teaching them? And, and Little Red Riding Hood? Grandma with the big nose? The poor kid goes to sleep. Oh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a wolf in my bed, and he has a big nose. And he went through all these stories, right? Mischievous, um, curious George. So the kid the next day, he's jumping off the table, right? He's jumping out of the window, and you're like, you? my kid's crazy. He's ADHD. He's not ADHD. You read him Curious George. He, this kid went to school and put banana peels on the floor so that the teacher could slip. And you're like, oh, my gosh, where'd you get this from? He's thinking in his head, what do you mean, Ma? That's what Curious George always did. I don't know if you read Curious George if you have him, but we have him. He says, all these stories, why don't you sit next to your child and read a mice of Gidoilim, of Tzadikim, Nice, spiritual, happy stories, not blowing houses down or, 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 or sleeping in a bear's bed. Forget about the Wizard of Oz. Oh, did he pull that apart? Ooh, the Wicked Witch of the West. Oh, my God, these poor kids. They get up. She's flying on the moon, on her room. The monkeys are flying. And then they finally come to the Wizard of Oz, and he's a fake. He's behind a curtain, and the kid starts to think. Maybe Hashem's behind the curtain and he's making all these things and he becomes an apicurus. And you're like, he said, I don't understand. What, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. Why, why are you doing these to your children? 
So it's an interesting, I, I, it was an amazing share. He was an amazing person. He's not alive anymore. Because he's 100% correct. He's 100% correct. So yes, the music and the music, the person who makes the music, because it is a spiritual thing, it came from Ganeidan or Gehenim, and it is a spiritual thing. So the person who wrote the song, even if the words are good, and the music is good, the person who wrote the song, his neshama is in that song, and his neshama, that goes into your neshama. And as I'm telling you, I used to listen to Goyeshi music. And the day that I stopped, when I went to that rabbi, my whole Havana, my whole understanding of, of Yiddish, of learning Torah and everything else, totally flipped. And I, and I don't listen to it anymore. And I have to tell you, it's like a crazy guitar. I go into a store. I know all the songs from the 70s and the 80s. And I, I recognize all the songs. I knew them by heart. I knew how to even play them. And I, and I have to control myself from not seeing them because it becomes much part of your neshama. Forget about the stuff today. I'm talking about the Galatian music that was the sound of silence, which was written by Simon and Garfunkel, who were Jewish. And I used to say to my Rebbe, well, they're Jews. Okay, they weren't from or anything like that. He's like, no, that's not Jewish music. And, and, and it was about shtika. And the Mishnah says there's nothing better than shtika. And they were talking about the sound of silence. And the silence has a sound. And I had a whole drasha. I rationalized it. I rationalized it. But you're not going to grow from, from, from these two guys, right? You know, from, 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 from Garfield, Simon and Garfield, you're not going to grow in your Tyra. And that was those, that music. Today, with rap, and gangster rap, and all this other garbage, and the words that they use, it's Tame, it's Mamish Tame. So, the, the, the what we started with, the, the Ganeiden, which is your head, which the highest point of Ganeiden is your eyes. Your, your eyes take in, then come your ears. Your ears listen to sound. Your nose takes in an ear, breath. Your mouth actually is the bridge because your mouth does both. It takes in, you eat food, and it sends out, you breathe. So at your mouth point, the lowest point of your Ganeiden, of your Rosh, is your mouth. It goes to your neck till here. So that, that's the bridge. It's, it, it does in and out. After that, from your shoulders down, person goes to the bathroom, it, it, person excretes. So from your shoulders down, your body gives out. It doesn't take in. It doesn't take in anything. It just gives out and excretes. So that's, that's the arets. And the arets, that's why the arets, you, you can't dive in if you have to go to the bathroom and all this other stuff because it's, it's not on a level of Shemaya. I'm telling you a little Kabbalistic. There's a whole, there's a whole Kabbalistic line. So a person has to be very careful with his Shemai, what he sees and what he hears and what he takes into his mouth. That's very, very important. Again, I'd like to know an answer on why you don't make a bracha on music. So that was question one. Wow, 40-minute question. Question number two. We have an incredible teacher who teaches us important hashkafa lessons. I find it very hard to take this teacher seriously because her dress code is it really fitting a basis for all? And then she preaches us about good choices. How can I take her ideas without judging her? So you're asking two different questions. How can I not judge her? And how can I take in her ideas? And somebody else asked me about, there's another question here about judging others. There is another question. Um, hmm. That second question about judging others. Um, okay, I don't know where it is. But anyway, so the answer is like this. Number one, the Mishnah Pirkei Abba says, don't judge your friend until you reach the same, uh, until you're in his place. Never judge another person until you're in their place. Well, Many of you girls are very young and you didn't learn physics, but in physics, one of the first theories that we learn is no two objects can occupy the same space. Molecules, they can't be molecule in a molecule. They have to be next to each other. No two objects can occupy the same space. Says the Mishnah Perkei Avos, don't judge your friend until you're in their place. So what the Mishnah is saying, you can never judge a friend because you can never be in the same place. Okay, that's very important. So let's not judge this teacher because we don't know anything about her and we, that's not, it's not for us to judge. Now the question is, the question is, 
How can I listen to anything she says? So the, the answer is that, that a smart person is able to learn from anyone. And that's what it says in the Mishnah. In Pirkei Avos, also, you should be able to learn from anyone. Now, what does that mean? What do you mean in Russia and things like that? You can learn from anyone what not to do. You can learn from anyone what yes to do. But if, if you have a teacher and she uh, doesn't know anything about math and she doesn't know anything about um, geometry or but she knows about science, so, she, so that doesn't mean you should, oh, I'm not going to her science class. Why? Because she doesn't know math. That's silly. Now, I don't know the girl that asked this question, but if you're asking me, a woman who's not sneers, she's not sneers, and she's giving me criticism of Musa on sneers, should I listen? And will, that, will, will, will I learn from her? So I'm not sure of the question. The question seems to be, she's not sneers, so I shouldn't learn anything from her. No, because she's not sneers doesn't mean you can't learn from her. You can learn from her. The mission says you can learn from every single person. She may not be sneers, but she might be very kind. She may not be sneers, but she might be very patient. She might be very not sneers, but she controls her anger. So the not sneers part, don't learn from her. But take the good, take the good out of what you can. But if your question is, the subject that she's preaching, she doesn't keep herself. She's a hypocrite. Is that going to help me? And the answer is, Absolutely not. The person, and I, I, I know this for a fact. Let's say Rabbi Wallerstein talks about the iPhone and you shouldn't have technology and you shouldn't be on your iPhone. But Rabbi Wallerstein has an iPhone. Then no matter what kind of speech I'm going to give, you're in a shama. By the way, Nishama's talk. Sometimes you just know something about someone else. And you're like, I don't even know this. You know, I, I, you finish the sentence. How do I get to finish the sentence? Because the truth is that Nishama's talk, they don't talk physically, they talk spiritually. So if I give you all a speech on Lashon Hara, how bad Lashon Hara is, and I write a book on Lashon Hara and how bad Lashon Hara is, and I give you this speech and I have great stories and you walk out, you're like, wow. Never heard someone give a shit on Lush and Hara like that. I'm never going to talk Lush and Hara again. Meanwhile, Rabbi Wallerstein, when he comes home, all he does is talk Lush and Hara. Your soul knows that I'm full of baloney, that I'm a hypocrite. It will not accept what I said. And in the end, even though you're like blown away, in a day or two, you'll be talking Lush and Hara. Because Dvarim HaYetzim and Halev girls, what comes out of your heart? Nichnasen al-halev. It's not your heart. Your heart doesn't talk. Your neshama talks. What comes out of my neshama goes into your neshama. Now, if I'm lying, if I'm a hypocrite, and I'm talking, you shouldn't go, you shouldn't watch movies. And the minute I hang up from this, right, I'm going to watch a movie and listen to rock and roll. Guess what? Even if you girls listen to the shit today and you walk away and say like, I'm never listening to rock and roll. I'm not watching movies. Red Wall Street's 100% right. In a day or two, you will. Why? Because what came out of my heart was dirty water. It was false. It wasn't clean because I'm doing it myself. And therefore, it will not have an effect on you. It's called teichai kibayrai. Your inside is like your outside. So it's an interesting thing. I don't preach ever in any of my shirim. You'll never hear me talk bad about television. Now, I don't watch television. But I used to watch television growing up. Because I did not know how bad television was. Because when I was growing up, I'm going back 55 years ago, okay? Television was, first of all, black and white. There was no remote control. If you wanted to change the channel, you had to get up and change the channel. And, you ready? At 12 o'clock midnight, all the channels went off. All you had was an American flag flying. There was no television after 12 o'clock at night. Crazy, huh? Crazy stuff. There was no television. The only channel there was was UHF, some Spanish channel. If you're really desperate, you can watch some Spanish channel. You didn't understand what they were saying. But there was no television. So it was a long time ago. What did Zachary Wallerstein watch when he came home from school? I watched three shows. Superman for a half an hour. The Little Rascals, about a bunch of little kids. 
and two very funny guys called Abbott and Costello. That's it. No women, no, nothing that you shouldn't see. Okay, Superman wore tights. I don't know. Maybe that's a problem. I'm not sure. But it was Superman, right? So my Rebbe used to get up in class and he used to say, throw the Vida Zara box out of your house. It's a Vida Zara. And I was thinking in my head, Superman, the little rascals, the three stooges, Anna Costello. There's no Vida Zara there. I didn't understand him. But girls today, oh, do I understand. You're right. The HR is very smart. There's nothing, I mean, I don't know if there's anything wrong, but Three Stooges and Superman, you're not going off the derrick. You might, after you watch Superman, jump off your roof and die because you think you could fly, but that's about the biggest danger that could happen. So what was my Rebbe saying? My Rebbe was saying like this. Yitzhara knows. He's not going to come to you. Watch something terrible. He just wants to get the box the television, into your house, that you should be desensitized. That was 55 years ago. But once the box is in your house, the Satan knew that in 55 years from now, on television, all is going to be is schmutz. That's all that's on television today. Schmutz. 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 Filth, dirt, gay stuff, and, and the island, and bachelor, and bachelorette, and the biggest zainas and, and, and immorality and, and, and just and, and sitcoms and pure immorality. Now, when I was watching Superman, there was no immorality. But if I, if I never took the box into my house, then I couldn't watch the immorality today. So the Satan was, let me get the box into your house. Superman, little kid doesn't know there's anything wrong with that, but I know what's coming in 55 years. He did the same Thing with the smartphones. Some of you weren't even born when there were no phones. I lived my life, most of my life. The phone was on the wall in my house, and it wasn't even push button. It was watery. So if you dialed nine, nine, it took you to, 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 to dial a number. It took you five minutes. It was on the wall. There was no such thing. Then they came out with the beeper. What could be bad about a beeper? Beep, 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 because the number is very cool. Then they came out with the phone in your car, a big phone in your car. Okay, so now he was desensitizing us. And then he said, you need a phone for business. Everybody had one of these, like me, a little flip phone for business so your mother doesn't, you don't get lost. Then all of a sudden, Apple woke up, a smartphone, just to see the news, the weather, stock market, work. Then MySpace, then Facebook. And we thought, oh my gosh, Facebook, that's terrible. Then WhatsApp, then TikTok. He got the phone into the hands of the human being because he knew that right now it's clean. Why should I get a phone? What's wrong with it? But I'm going to put dirty movies on there. I'm going to put WhatsApp where you can talk to boys. I'm going to put all this other garbage and TikTok, all this other stuff, and I'm going to destroy you. And then some people are going to use it even on Shabbos, Hashem. We never dreamt of doing Michal Shabbos with a phone. But Rabbi, I'm addicted and I need it. And a whole week I'm back and forth, back and forth. And now you want me 26 hours not to be back and forth. He took a phone that was just used to talk to people and he's already at a level where you can watch things that, 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 that's not normal what you can watch. And Lashon Hara, you can text one thing and one kid, and it spreads on the WhatsApp, and you destroyed someone. And then you have all the other things. See what happened to the President of the United States. With all these other things, he, he, just, he created a whole world that it looked so innocent. So when my Rebbe said, it's an avoid de Zorro box, he didn't mean when you got the box. You're right, there was only Superman. But it's an avoid de Zora. In the end, it's going to be an avoid de Zora. And it's going to be an addiction. And that's what we have today. And that's why everybody's struggling. So, yes, it does have a very big effect. And a person who preaches 
no smartphone can't have a smartphone. So that you can learn from everything. If 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 Rabbi Wallstein talking about smartphones, he doesn't have a smartphone. You can learn from me. Oh, I heard him talk lashon hara once. That's from I don't talk lashon hara. Okay, so that oh, I'm not listening to what he said about the phone. No, one thing is going to do the other. Learn from every person what you can learn from them. But if he's preaching about something he doesn't keep, if the woman is coming and telling you you all have to be tzniyus and she's wearing a short skirt, that's ridiculous. That's not going to help you. It's not going to stick. No matter what kind of story, no matter what kind of safer she's using, your neshama is like you're a hypocrite. I'm not listening to anything that comes from you. The stuff that's coming out of your heart is putrid. It smells, it stinks, it's dirty, it's filthy. I'm not letting it into my heart. Because the Shama has to always be clean. All right, we're going to do the last question. Because I have to go to Mincha. And maybe we'll do this next week. We have so many, so many things to talk about. But someone, someone sent me a question. Question number 23. It's just connected to the last question. And then, uh, we got all kinds of other Question, what's wrong with having a relationship with a boy? If you both show me the gear, well, that's a big subject. Um, if Hashem made that everyone can handle their troubles, why do people go off to Derech or even commit suicide? If they can handle their troubles, how did that happen? We'll, may, we'll deal with that maybe next week, Hashem. But I want to deal with number 23, and then we're going to let you go. To Rabbi Wallstein, I was wondering if you could give me some insight on this. Since Corona came, my class and I started using Zoom. Okay, all of us. Chats a lot since our lessons are on Zoom. My friends and I find it very addictive, and it just takes over my life. It often causes misunderstanding through people and can lead to a lot of arguments, which is very unhealthy because you can't sort things out over text and causes a lot of turmoil. I think the whole idea of often things that are posted can be inappropriate, edgy, or just silly, and it causes people to feel okay with what they're posting because social media is very anonymous in a sense. I find myself spending a lot of time on it since it's very addictive, and I'm not on and. If I'm not on it, I feel like I'm missing out. But really, I'm just using my time well. I like to feel accomplished and use my time well. Of course, the decision comes from me, but it's quite hard to just quit because everyone else is on it. Please, could you give me some clarity on this? Thank you in advance. I think my classmates would also benefit a lot from this, and I know that everyone secretly hates this fake life. So it's the same subject. It's the same subject. So yes, um, I did speak about this a few weeks ago, that... um, the Yetzirah girls, he's brilliant. Because all the Yeshiva Shahat homes that never had um, technology, right, all these machines, now had to get technology for school um, and on Zoom. And once the kid has Zoom, he is desensitized. What do I mean by desensitized? And we'll end with this. Very important. So... Avraham Avinu, Yitzhak Avinu, when, when Esav married a Knani lady and they served the way Zara, it says that the smoke got into the eyes of, of Yitzhak and he became blind. So the rabbis asked, wasn't Rivka there too? Why didn't Rivka become blind? Why Yitzhak only? The smoke came in should have made them both blind. She was at the biggest tzaddikah, says Yitzchak was a tzaddik. And the answer is that Yitzchak was very sensitive to Avodah Zarah. We see that Avram Avinu didn't even let a grain of sand into his house. When the, Malach, when the angels came and he thought they were Egyptian, he thought they were Arabs, he made them wash their feet. He says, because you bow down to the sand in the desert, I don't want you bringing the, even though they weren't going to bow down to the sand in his house, I don't want you bringing that into my house. So his house was so sensitive to avoid Zara that a little smoke made him blind. But where did Rivka come from? Rivka came from a house of Besuel, low life, and Lavan, the low life. And Lavan was the avoid Zara. So for three years, I thought she was three years old, she lived in a house that had avoid Zara. Those three years, even though she didn't serve avoid Zara, desensitized her. And therefore, 40 years later, the smoke had no effect on her. So this Zoom that's going on right now is desensitizing all of you. That when, you, when you're married and you have a family and you, you're like, I, I'm, used to, I'm used to having a device because I used to Zoom, you know, when they had COVID. And you lose that sensitivity. So the only advice I can give you is yes, to Zoom to a shear 
And then you, when you hit that word leave, right? The word in the bottom right-hand corner, it says leave. You leave. You get up and you leave. You don't stay on the computer and say, okay, you know, let me go look for something else to do. It says leave. You came to watch a share. Leave. Hit the button and leave. Because the more you're on technology and devices, the more you're going to get desensitized the less these things are going to bother you and you're going to have it in your house where you never would have had it in your house because before COVID you didn't have such a thing in your house. And therefore you, you should, when you hit leave, you should leave and try to stay off it as much as you can and be in the real world, pick up a phone and talk to a human being. You know, Yitzhak Avinu knew that this was going to happen. He knew about texting. What rabbi? Yitzhak Avinu knew about texting. He had one son that was a tzaddik, and he had one son that was a Russia. Asif was a Russia. Do you girls know that Asif used to text? Really? Is that a Rashi? Is that a Medrash? No, that's a Rabbi Wallerstein. How do you know that Asif used to text? Because Yitzhak Avinu said, he couldn't see. What did he say? You die him! Communicating through your hands? You day Asov. That's texting. Those are the hands of Asov. Call? Talking to someone? Call call Yaakov. Speaking to someone, that's the voice of Yaakov. You dying? Texting? That's your day Asov. It's my shot. Anyway, I want to wish you all Hatzlocha and Amir to Hashem. Hadassah will be in touch with me. And we have a lot more questions. And next week we'll set up a date. And we'll try to get to do more questions. You should all have a tzlacha and bracha and be healthy. And um, we're on our way to Purim. Two bishvats over. We're on our way to Purim. Looking forward to see miracles. Mamish, the biggest miracles in the world. Thank you, Hadassah Barilan, for setting this up. Amazing, amazing, amazing. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.